Welcome to Talking China number three. Today I will try to discuss the issue of Sino-Myanmar relations with a particular focus on Yunnan province uh, importance and Yunnan province policies towards, towards uh, Myanmar. Let me start with the very general observation that before coronavirus outbreak, Xi Jinping paid official visit to Myanmar in January this year. Both sides signed more than 30 agreements, big projects, big promises also. But when we look into the relationship between China and Myanmar, we will find that the very important actor there is provincial-level government in Yunnan province. Of course, Yunnan uh, is a sovereign passage of ancient Silk Road. From the very beginning, from ancient time, Yunnan was a kind of corridor between uh, China and Southeast Asia. The very first record was mentioned uh, in Tang Dynasty Yunnan records that discussed interactions between Lao state and uh, South Shao uh, in Dali. So definitely 2000 uh, years ago, Yunnan has been China's gateway to Southeast Asia and South Asia. And Yunnan is, is known as Tea Horse Road, Cha Ma Dao. So the ancient Southern Silk Road, Northern Silk Road and Maritime Silk Road played an important role in connectivity. Uh, today, Chinese government referred to connectivity as a, the most important vehicle for bringing people together. And Yunnan is a very important part of this, uh, the stories. Let me go through four, I'm sorry, three points here. Strategic location, bridgehand in China's foreign policy towards continental Southeast Asia, economic interactions between provincial level governments in Yunnan province and Myanmar, and finally Yunnan as a political platform for ceasefire talks between competing forces in upper Myanmar. So the, the bridgehead concept is, is quite a military one. I've discussed it last time. And for the first time was presented by Hu Jintao 2006 and 2009 when Yunnan province was named as a bridgehead. But after a few years, uh, policymakers in China realized that bridgehead is a very controversial term. It's a very uh, military-oriented uh, uh, notion. So they changed the name of um, Yunnan province into Radiation Center or Pivotal Area, saying that the term bridgehead is too controversial, as I mentioned because of its military meanings. But Yunnan province uh, was also recognized not only by the communist government in mainland China, but also by Sun Yat-sen. In his uh, book, uh, Nation Building Strategy, he called for bringing Yunnan Burma Railway as a very important part of China's development. In late 1930s, under the construction of uh, uh, the railway, uh, they promised to bring connectivity between both countries. However, during the Japanese uh, anti-Japanese war, uh, uh, Burma and Western Yunnan uh, was uh, rather not very important, and they stopped all these uh, constructions there. But this time, Kunming uh, positioned itself as a very important city in anti-Japanese war and was uh, a base of three uh, major universities from uh, northern China, namely Beijing University, Tsinghua University, and Nanka University from Ch Tianjin. So of all three universities moved their campuses in, in, uh, to the city. 
Then uh, when we look into the communist period of uh, rather Maoist period, um, 1949-1979, we see that Kunming and Yunnan province was important because of Third Front policies. Uh, late 1960s, uh, late 1950s and, and early 1960s. Then when we look into what was delivered by Deng Xiaoping after 1978, we see that the West and Southwest China were forgotten by the central leaders and majority of privileges, incentives, were given to coastal areas. So when we look into Belden Road now, it, it seems to be kind of a compensation uh, uh, for, for all these Western and Central provinces after years of being forgotten. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, Baden Road is important, but in March 1999, Jiang Zemin, then the chairman of People's Republic of China, uh, proposed a developmental strategy for Western regions called Shibu Da Kaifa, a big open of uh, Western China. And what is interesting here, once the uh, national policy uh, was declared by Jiang Zemin, immediately, uh, in August 1999, uh, the scholars, the group of scholars from Kunming and uh, Kunming universities and also Social Science, Academy of Social Science, were very quickly jump in Beijing and uh, uh, make a proposal of Bangladesh, China, India, Myanmar economy corridor. Since then, for more than 15 years, they lobbied in Beijing to change the name, to change the label of this policy into the national one. And finally, uh, 2012, 2013, uh, the Beijing-based government decided to, to, to bring and to, to make this Bangladesh-China-India-Myanmar economic corridor as a national policy. So what we can acknowledge from this is that Yunnan province is a really driven factor behind Beijing-based policy towards Myanmar because everything was this, uh, 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 sponsoring by the central government was born at the provincial level. And of course, Belt and Road uh, gave a further impetus to uh, this economic corridor and immediately after Belt and Road was announced, Yunnan province positioned itself as a front line, as an international province, international city, center, door, and hub of regional international cooperation. So immediately after Belden Road, as I said, was announced, quickly Kunming realized that we need to take, take advantage of this central, central policy, and they, they place themselves as a very important part of the whole game. Uh, uh, also, very interesting dynamic was given by uh, Chairman Xi Jinping, who proposed to build Yunnan into radiation center, as I said, less controversial than the bridgehead, for China facing South and Southeast Asia. Immediately, the Yunnan provincial government set up a leading group, a very important body when it comes to implementation of political and economic decision for the construction of pivot for Southeast Asia and South Asia. And the body, the leading group, is managed by governor, deputy governors, and 45 provincial level departments. So of course, it's a big body, and the major task there is to coordinate and promote Belt and Road and other initiatives like Economic Corridor with Myanmar. Needless to say that a lot of uh, policies uh, uh, when it comes to Sino-Myanmar relationship started at a very local level. Uh, Lansang Mekong uh, inland navigation projects, Kunming Bangkok highway and railway, custom clearance facilitation, etc. 
This is all about Yunnan, Yunnan province. Uh, in August uh, 2015, the local authorities passed two documents, uh, quite important, I believe, opinion on accelerating the construction of China's radiation center for South Asia and Southeast Asia, and plan for building radiation center for South Asia and Southeast Asia, 2016-2020. Uh, so, of course, the documents um, presented and clarified uh, the, the major goals, basic ideas, focusing on the construction of regional international economic and trade centers, scientific and technological innovation centers, and finally, internationalization of Genminbi. If we look to party documents, uh, the bridgeheads, uh, Yunnan, uh, Heilongjiang, and Xinjiang are really dedicated for this cross-border internationalization of Chinese currency. It's a very important, very important issue for, for, for local governments uh, um, facing uh, other countries uh, along the border. Then when we look into uh, a couple of projects sponsored by Yunnan governments, we, we need to look into inland navigation and dams. Uh, when it comes to this inland navigation, of course, Lansang Mekong Channel is, is the major issue here for, uh, for uh, Yunnan uh, internationalization, let's say. In 2000, China, Laos, Myanmar, Thailand signed uh, the Lansang Mekong Commercial Navigation Agreement. And uh, the agreement identified the major pivotal towns along the river, four in China, uh, two in Myanmar, six in Laos, and one in Thailand. And immediately, uh, because it was in the hand of provincial government, uh, the provincial government declared to invest in the construction of uh, uh, inland, inland ports and uh, additional channels, etc. So they hope to have a bigger river, let's say, to increase from 80 tons to 40, 400 tons vessel that could navigate throughout uh, the, the Mekong River. The further development uh, was given by the Lansang uh, River Mekong International Shipment Development Plan, also sponsored by uh, Yunnan government. And Yunnan government promised to invest 100 million renminbi for the second phase of waterway renovation projects. So definitely what we currently can see, uh, the central government is just giving a direction open, 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 and then everything is in the hand of provincial-level government. And in the case of Sino-Myanmar relations, the key player, as I mentioned, is in Kunming. And let me go to the second project. It's a very interesting, and I will try to illustrate my, my, my thesis here, that uh, inland navigation is also about Irrawaddy River. And not only provincial level government is interested in the project, but also the prefectural level government is interested. In 2015, Dehong prefectural officials, policymakers, also described the, 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 the Irrawaddy River uh, investment as a priority for the planning, promotion of the passage uh, from Luangtrang County uh, to um, Banmao City. So definitely this is very important. Uh, and uh, when we look into the reality of it, Sometimes Myanmar government has not been approved uh, an official open port by Myanmar and they are, they are limiting the cooperation between China and Myanmar from a local level. And as I said, it was a case in Banmao City uh, in uh, 2014. Immediately, the local government from Yunnan and especially the Yunnan Provincial Development and Reform Commission took a lead and lobby for, for uh, having this project alive for having more in incentives, etc. But what is important here, that we see that this China-Myanmar relations 
are really in the hand, as I said, in a provincial level government. They are, they are also um, important when it comes to lobbying for having a very uh, successful project. Then when, when we look into Irrawaddy, uh, the city group, a big conglomerate from Beijing, uh, sent a research team, uh, inspected Sino-Myanmar-Irrawaddy River land water intermodal uh, transport and considered this as the most effective to promote connectivity between Myanmar and China. But as I said, this group was from Beijing, but everything, to a certain extent, of course, is in the hand of Yunnan province government. And uh, Yunnan province government is also responsible for looking for money. And then we have a lot of problems because sometimes they simply cannot fulfill their promises. And uh, there is a popular backlash from, 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 from Myanmar's side that once you promise something that you cannot deliver, so you, you have this popular unrest against and anti-Chinese sentiments are, are, are really critical here. And uh, let me go to this uh, 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 kind of, uh, I mean, people opposed uh, China. Uh, and Mightstone Dam is a I mean, critical, critical project. Uh, there are three reasons that uh, people in Myanmar resist China. The first is the 90% of electricity generated was to be sold to China, and the rest would be available for Myanmar use free of charge, but the many, many people opposed one-sided deal. The second, what I've learned from Chinese uh, uh, analysis, lack of social responsibility by Chinese state-owned enterprises. Uh, one of the scholars, namely Lu Guangsheng from Yunnan University, uh, the neighborhood diplomacy center, said that the China comp Chinese company did not perceive public needs as important. And similar, we see people resist Chinese investments. And finally, very important, dams are a political issue, in this case, between Kachin and the central government in Myanmar. The Kachin government realized that Mightstone is a deal between China and central government and immediately oppose it. Kachin sees the, the project as a political tool of central government in Myanmar against Kachin independence. So it's a very complex issue. Uh, as I said at the beginning, Xi Jinping promised a lot, but then we have this kind of uh, uh, executive, uh, executive area and we see the difficulties there. Finally, uh, as I said, Yunnan is a political platform for, uh, for uh, ceasefire talks. Uh, we see this last year, March uh, and December. A representative from Northern Alliance Burma and the Government National Reconciliation and Peace Center met for four hours in World Trade Center in Kunming and China's Yunnan province. They, in China's Union province, they discussed the possibility of how to, 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 to participate in national, na nationwide ceasefire agreement. So this is the first. The second was in December, members of Northern Alliance met Myanmar government representatives in, in Kunming, an unfortunately unsuccessful attempt to end the deadlock in peace negotiations. So we see that a part of economic interactions, uh, provincial level government is also responsible for bringing all these uh, competing forces from upper Myanmar and trying to navigate a peace process there. So let me sum up uh, this short intervention about Yunnan and Sino-Myanmar relationship. The role of uh, Yunnan in China-Myanmar relations is multidimensional. Uh, of course, the first is the building economic position, as I said, 
uh, internationalization of uh, renminbi, uh, building uh, economic position of Chinese companies in Southeast Asia. The second, I think a critical one, is lobbying the local governments and military group in order to provide stability for China's energy security and all economic corridors sponsored by Beijing-based government. Thirdly, Managing humanitarian crises and peace talks between North and Myanmar military groups and national reconciliation and peace center. Uh, and definitely these three important dimensions uh, of Yunnan rule in Sino-Myanmar relations should be noted. Uh, and I will stop here. Uh, the next time I will discuss the Northeast China. So I will travel to uh, Heilongjiang province and try to 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 share my knowledge and understanding on Heilongjiang province and China's foreign policy towards Russia and Northeast Asia. So thank you for being with, with us today and stay tuned. Thank you very much.